0: The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes Looking hard but won't realize that they will never see the pee man, for man, a man, a man
1: Yes, sir. It's all eyes on Cleveland. I am Brad Ward. I am your host. Mikey is on the ones and twos as we bring you Game React from the Steelers beatdown with very, very special guest tonight, Michael Guy to hash it all out. Cleveland sports talk and play-by-play legend. Me and him will talk it all out. Baker, Odell, Stefanski the Steelers, the Ravens, the AFC North, the playoff picture, all of it. We'll talk about all of it for you. Break it all down. And God damn it, there's a whole hell of a lot of you I got a problem with. I know I sound like Costanza's dad right now, but I got a problem with a lot of you people. We're going to talk about that, too. It's all eyes on Cleveland. You start getting excited. Yes, we are back in full effect. Pretty soon, folks, live in uh, full color. We will be uh, on YouTube, Periscope, all of the above here in the coming weeks, working out the final kinks here, uh, preparing for the video show. Oh. It is going to be fantastic, and hopefully you can join us there as well as the podcast. The podcast can be found where all popular podcasts are found, including iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Google Play, Radio.com, TuneIn app, all of them. Wherever you listen to them, it's there. We publish the show at alleyesoncleveland.com. It's a fantastic website. While you're there, you can pick up a shirt if you want, a lucky All Eyes on Cleveland t-shirt. Or, uh, you know, leave us a review. If you don't like what we're doing, let us know. If you like it, even better. Leave us five stars, a nice review. Always kind of you to do for those of you that listen to the show. This is a, a podcast where we interview the personalities, the top personalities in the Cleveland sports landscape and the national sports landscape discussing... The pressing issues that face our Cleveland Browns. Mike, you can kill that. And tonight we will do just that with one of uh, my favorite guests, and timely is his visit tonight. Michael Ray Guy will join us here in just uh, moments as we uh, hashed it all out. Uh, from the Steelers game, and and what to look forward to. I mean, there's a lot to discuss here. There's really a lot to unpack. Uh, Baker, Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., the Browns are uh, on the topic list of every talk show in the country yesterday and today. The narrative is changing here as uh, many are expressing Extreme doubt in Baker Mayfield nationally and locally. <clears throat> Supporters of Baker Mayfield up to this point are changing their opinion, uh, wavering in their opinion on him. Um, lots of this to look at and unpack. Really, uh, it, it's it's alarming. It's a little bit alarming. and And there are some idiots out there. Uh, who f- just follow the narrative and do their thing, and, and, uh, you know, we'll look at some of that too. As I mentioned, I have a problem with a lot of you people. There's some local people who are just really, uh, frustrating at this point. Local reporting that is just, oh my gosh, I can't even. And, and we'll talk about that for a moment, but then really, you know, I'll give you my. Uh, notes quick notes on the game and and the team uh, and where we go from here uh, among a couple other topics after this uh, interview with the one and only michael Rega, it's all eyes on cleveland uh you know tough day for odell beckham jr although he was excellent in his presser i thought uh extremely raw real hard-hitting but the narrative on him you know turning in his favor as it turns against Baker now uh, now we are you know the national uh narrative as multiple shows i have watched is we the browns in cleveland is just wasting odell beckham's prime years uh so we'll look at that as well as i don't i think that's a bit of an overreaction um you know Uh, local pot stirs will be another topic here as you know just some people in that press availability room really frustrating me to the point that you know what are you doing like you're just trying to start problems like it's just frustrating and angry me to a level I got a problem with a lot of you people today But the good news is the Bengals are coming up, and, and I, I mean, I guess it's good news. I think the Bengals are playing—this is a totally different Bengals team than what the Browns played the first time around. Uh, they took the Colts to the wire. Um, probably should have won the game. They had a huge lead on them. They were up 21 nothing. I think, at one point. So— We'll talk about that too with Michael Ray guy here. But let's get to the interview. Michael Ray Guy is one of my all time favorites. I miss hearing him on the radio every day, so I gotta get him on this show as often as possible, just because he's so fantastic and his perspective on things is outstanding. He's Cleveland Sports Talk legend, play by play legend. He called Baltimore Uh, Orioles games for years, and for Baltimore, he called the Cavs games in the early years of LeBron James, Flight 23, it was fantastic, Uh, called games there for, uh, you know, Fox Sports Ohio, and um, he uh, did some work on STO, and and, uh, oh, he had his show forever on ESPN 850 back when they were a halfway decent sports talk uh, channel. And, you know, um, so he, he's just outstanding, and uh, I love to get him on, and he's, he's legend in my book for always and ever. Uh, but without any further ado, the one and only Michael Ray guy, uh, as he was willing to give his time today and hash everything out uh, that needs to be hashed out with the Browns. And we are absolutely thrilled to welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland, friend of show, uh, one of my all-time favorites, and uh, always fantastic to speak to. He is a Cleveland sports talk and play-by-play legend, uh, currently calling games for ESPN College Football and College Basketball, the one, the only, Michael Guy. How are you doing, sir?
0: Oh, Brad, you're too kind, and always great to be with you. I I really, really enjoy when we get together to... uh, to have these sessions, it uh, it always is fun.
1: Yes, it, it certainly is, and, and I wouldn't have uh, timed it up any better, Michael, as much to discuss here uh, coming off of Sunday's game with our, our brownies. Um, after watching the game, Michael, um, do you think, and this is totally revisionist, totally revisionist, but do you think that Baker was okay to play? If you had to do it all over again, would you have gone with uh, Case Keenum?
0: you wonder. And that's always it's a difficult one, Brad, as we know. And I know we've talked about this before. Look, when you're talking about your starting quarterback of every NFL organization, I mean, the head coach through the week is in constant conversation and contact with him. And, and that's in every organization in, in professional sports, quite frankly. But, I mean, you know, your are starting quarterback in the NFL. You're a head coach, and you're maybe even, you know, you, of course, your OC, your quarterback coach. They all want to know uh, exactly, you know, what the, uh, the physical status is of that yep. player every week. I got a feeling. This is just me. I got a feeling that uh, Baker told Kevin Stefanski, I'm good. And, um, you know, he wants to play and no he doesn't want to sit down. He considers himself, uh, you know, he, he is the, the leader of this football team. Your quarterback has got to be that. So uh, maybe Stefanski did talk to him about it and maybe Baker convinced him he was good to go. Now, can that be up for debate? Well, of course, it can be up for debate. But uh, w- with that in mind, Brad. You know, to further elaborate on your question, I don't think there's too many quarterbacks that would uh, would ask out in the National Football League if they didn't believe that uh, they could they could go. They want to go, and they're going to do everything they can to go. And I don't know. I got a feeling that uh, that maybe during those conversations, Baker convinced Kevin Stefanski, "I'm good to go," and it yeah. may not be anything more than that as to why. He played on
1: Sunday. Yeah, no question. Uh, I mean, he's a gamer. He's tough. You saw that on Sunday. I mean, you can criticize him all you want, but the kid is tough as nails. And 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 he, you know, of course he said he can go, right? You know, of course he wanted to play. Um, The question is, at what point is are you doing detriment to your team? I don't know. I think we I think we walked that tight that tightrope maybe on Sunday a little bit.
0: Um, Yeah, I. that I, I think uh, sure. I mean, and now we're now we're both speaking with twenty twenty hindsight. Yes, but exactly. I don't fault him for selling to his head coach that uh, I'm good and I can go. Now, as you said, though, by the same token, I would hope that uh, you know if any starting quarterback in the league really feels that you know what, physically, I don't know if I am able to do everything I need to do to help our football team be successful. I would hope at that point, if it gets to that, that that quarterback then says, you know what, it might be better off if uh, you went with Case in this one. But yep. we're probably never going to know the bottom line on that. That's just some um, – I, I I have a feeling, though, as I said, I, I do have a feeling, Brad, that that's how those conversations went last week. And Mayfield convinced Stefanski I'm good to go.
1: Surely, surely. Um, and, you know – so he went out there, and he took an absolutely brutal beating uh, at the hands of the Steelers. They beat him up. They knew where to hit him. They took their shots on him. Um, he didn't look right from, from the start, but people are coming out of the woodwork now, right, and just oh, pounding him, pounding him, I mean, he's taking a worse beating this week than he has in during the game, right? National pundits, local people, uh, everybody that you can imagine. He can't read defenses. He's not the guy You know, all this stuff, overreaction, in my opinion, right? But where, I mean, where do you stand with him at this point? He did not look right. He has regressed, in my opinion, Michael, where he's not, he's never looked like he did in his rookie year fully to me. Um, He's never gotten back to that level. We maybe got close to that in, like, the first Cincinnati game this year a little bit, but... He, he's just not the same, and why the regression? Where are you at with Baker at this point? Are you at the point where you're questioning what he is?
0: Evolving, Brad. Yeah. How's that? I, yeah. I really, to me, to sum it up where I'm at with him in one word, Baker Mayfield is evolving. Mm-hmm. Now, are there things that are going on that uh, – as you just mentioned, would certainly lead one to think. You know what? Well, it's more regression than anything else. Look, the things that concern me, Brad, about Baker, and and please jump in. If, you know yeah. If there's yeah. something that uh, that uh, that catches you as uh, as on point or not on point, but I, I'm concerned about the accuracy and the completion percentage and his decision making against all we need to do is is go to Baltimore in the opener and Pittsburgh on Sunday right i mean yep. you know 53% against Baltimore 55% against Pittsburgh and I'll say that's completion percentage i'm speaking of here and and then Brad we go one step further even in the win over uh, the Indy Colts if you recall yep. i thought baker had a poor second half man very he only hit fifty-six so. percent of his throws in the second half of that win. So again, I'm gonna stick with evolving right now because the thing that I will I will defend this young man about is this. I'm talking about four head coaches and as many offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches as he's now uh, uh, what six games deep into his third year in the NFL. And, and, and to me, look, that, that is something that does take an effect on, yes. on a quarterback. you got to have continuity at some point. you got to have continuity with your system, with your philosophy, and with whom, of course, is on the football field with you. But let's go back to just, I, I do believe that, and we've seen, we know what Kevin Stefanski wants to do. We've seen it with Kirk Cousins the last couple of years, right, in yes. Minnesota, and I felt that it's helped Cousins a lot. Look, he's, it's, it's not as much five- and seven-step drop in play action or off-even play action in that pocket and then making your decisions, pre-snap reads and post-snap reads, as it is, you know, getting him out on the edge a little bit and have him throw the football from there. I uh, and that's why I say evolving for him. Um, you know, people have asked me this week that, "What well, do you think he could be a franchise quarterback that can lead the Browns to a Super Bowl championship?" And on that, I gotta say, nah, slow down. I, I I can't go there yet. I haven't seen that. Right now, do I believe if he can get some things taken care of with those the other ten guys that that are with him and what they've built on this offensive side of the football? To me, this year is about making the playoffs, Brad. And you know what? To me, if they make the playoffs, whether that's at nine and seven or ten and six, and I mean, who the hell knows? Maybe you know, I doubt you can get in at eight and eight. But you know, regardless of that, this is an evolution for Baker Mayfield. He's running a Kevin Stefanski offense that should give him, I think, greater opportunity to be successful and be a better passer with his accuracy completion percentage but with that Brad comes making better decisions too mm-hmm. I mean I go back and I'd like to get your thoughts on that first I mean what, it was a third snap of the game on Sunday I yeah. mean Minka Fitzpatrick just undressed Baker on that I mean you could yeah. see it then I have went back and I've watched it four or five times and he said th- they're in that too deep, but from the top, from uh, uh, before the snap count, Fitzpatrick starts inching his way closer to the box. And I mean, he, I, he never I, looked I, back, Mike, we never Baker's looked got back, he's got to see that he's got he never to see that. We can't make that throw. To <clears> let Fitzpatrick just, you know, step in front of the intended receiver, take the football. And now you got six points on the board. Um, yeah, these are the things I want to see growth in with him and. And that's why I say he's evolving. And I I I I, I don't you don't wanna have these kind of clunkers, but you know, Brad, what makes it worse is who it comes against, right? Yeah. Yeah. I no mean question. I gave those numbers against the season open against Baltimore and this one against Pittsburgh. Brad, they were one for twelve the other day on third down conversions. Yeah. Now who the hell are you gonna beat in the NFL if you convert one of 12 3rd down opportunities?
1: No question. I mean, so
0: these are the things though, but Hey, Pittsburgh and Baltimore
1: aren't going away, right? No, so no, they're legit. He's they're both. Find a way. I mean, yeah, he he does, and I'm with you. Like, I'm not ready in any way. There's a lot of people this week that are just like, I'm bailing, I'm done. He's not the guy. He can't read defenses. He can't do this. He can't do that. I'm not there. I I want to see what he can do given time, even though it looks like regression and I'll give you my main concerns but even though it looks like regression I still want to be patient as far as he goes and and I really want to see like this year next year like I don't think that the Browns organization is in a position to give up on him at this point now if they find at some point that they're like winning despite him which I've heard some people say I don't think we're there yet um. then maybe you you have to start asking some hard questions. But, like, you talked about that play, and, and I watched it too, and, and he never looks back, right? Like, as an NFL quarterback, you look up, you see two high safeties, right? Yep. And then you go, go into your pre-snap, the rest of your, you know, whatever you're going to do there. He never looks back at Minka mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick. If he looks back one time, he Mm -hmm. sees that they've gone to a single high look, and he's creeping up in the box. Right. And he's audibles to Odell, who would have had one-on-one on on the outside with no safety help or something, right? But he doesn't do any of that, and he goes ahead and knows where he's throwing it when he snaps it and goes exactly there blindly, almost blindly throwing it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that's high school stuff. Like, what is that? Like... And then the my other concern is where has the accuracy gone? Like we see him make plays that are, you're like, wow, that was a great throw, right? Mm-hmm. Great arm talent, great throw. Mm-hmm. But like ball placement is so huge in the NFL. And his ball placement I'm finding very often is not where it needs to be. And oftentimes he's getting saved by his receivers even on some of the completions. Like – You watch that in the game. I'll use an example in the game from the Steelers game. He rolls right. He's got Odell Beckham Jr. open, but he throws it high. So he has to jump up, catch it. He gets pushed out of bounds. Instead of a 20-yard gain, it's incomplete because he just throws it high, right? Um, Yeah. How many times? I know
0: the throw you're talking about. And listen, what you're saying, very astute. very astute by you. I think it's it's spot on. It's right on time. And this is all why I say he – I think he's um, he, he's going to continue, one would hope, to look at the things that are be- have become some detriments in his game and mm-hmm. really, really understand that to be the type of quarterback he wants to be and to take this football team maybe to uh, where we can say whether that's, uh, I would hope it's in, you know, I'm not ready to say it yet, but, you know, 2021, certainly 2022, because he's got five years here, meaning two more, yep. uh, or he could have that much through his rookie contract. You know, I would hope we're starting to talk about that they're uh, getting to the doorstep of championship possibilities by then. Uh, yeah. You know, that having been said, there's a lot of things that got to transpire, and there's a lot of other parts of the football team that need help too. But look, it's it's uh, we know you started out uh, the show today saying that. Again, he has been uh, uh, – yeah, it's been a tough uh, few first days of this week for Baker. He has been taken to task, and there are a lot of people that uh, certainly now, if they had belief in him, that belief is starting to wane, whether he can be an elite guy and a franchise guy. And, and, yeah, there's growth that's got to happen for that. But to me, the first few things, some of the things that I mentioned, you mentioned – um, again, to me, understanding what a defense is trying through. to do to you has got to come into play here sooner or later. Yes. And you've got to be able to find ways to, to be more accurate with your throws. And I hit on that, and you did too, because again, you know... I look back to and and I, I mentioned a bad second half against Indiana, in the, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, Brad. Right. And you look back at the, those. Uh, that was a win, but you look back at the three wins succeeding that. Now, you know, in those he, he threw six touchdowns and only one pick
1: mm-hmm. in
0: those wins over Cincinnati, Washington, and Dallas, right? And he was two and two uh, touchdowns, picks against Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, rather. Excuse me, but. Um, yeah. I, I I I just, again, and and that's fine, and that's bottom line numbers. But to me, more important than that is decision-making and just overall accuracy. And that's why I say he's evolving to me. He's not there yet. And I think another thing that we know about the NFL, man, you got to have that room really confident in you, too, as a quarterback, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to have that entire room uh, to be say that. Hey, this is our guy, and we know that when things get tough and tight, he's going to be able to find ways to make plays for us. And you know, as you said, it's it's been hit and miss with him. And uh, uh, the the only the thing that concerns me more is it. You know, the two absolute stinkers have come against Baltimore and Pittsburgh.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Now, I, I don't know. That's more because pl- those two teams, you're playing them four times a year now. Yeah. you got to find a way to have strong performances against those two teams just right t- to start with, in particular, if there's going to be the progression you want to see. Because, again, unless you could start making some inroads in this division, I know it's a good division. Mm-hmm. Hell uh, yes! Are Baltimore and Pittsburgh not two of the 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 best run organizations in the NFL? Yes, they are. But yeah. you know what? Okay, so that's your task at hand. You, the Browns, got we got to find a way to have the Browns where they're starting to continue to close that that gap on those two teams. When you can go into a season and know the Browns can play with Baltimore and Pittsburgh, we don't know that right now.
1: Very true. And we don't. And uh, that's, you know, we come away with that as, as a huge question mark, you know, and I, that's actually a question I have for you next. But before we get to that, I kind of wanted to just finish up on this Baker Mayfield thing here. As far as like, so you mentioned the games that where you went six touchdowns, one interception, and they won three in a row, right? Yeah, not right. counting the Indy, you could say like three and a half really good, good games of football. Yeah. It, but it feels like, Michael, for me, my con- I guess my concern there, and, and remember, I don't want to give up on him. I, I, I think he's evolving too. And the hardest thing is, like, I've seen it. Like, I've seen him play really good football. So I know it's in him at the NFL level. It's like, what do we have to do to get back to some of that, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't know what really has happened here. I know defenses are throwing different things at him. He's had different coaches. But it feels like Stefanski has almost had to manage him. And it mm-hmm. felt like in those three games, the game script went kind of the way they wanted. And like ideal for the Browns game script. And he was able to manage Baker Mayfield instead of Baker Mayfield managing the game. Yeah,
0: um, uh, yeah. no, I get you. And I'm, I'm not based on the game manager thing, to be honest with you, Brad. I right, get yeah. I'm not saying that's erroneous on your part. Uh, I just mean, hey, man, I want my quarterback to be, you know, the guy that he walks out there uh, smacking his chest and with that swagger, and I'm going to win a football game today. Yep. I'd prefer that in my quarterback, but I get what I have no problem with what Kevin Stefanski believes right now is the best thing for Baker and this offense. Um Understood on my part. Now, do you hope that Stefanski sees enough growth as hopefully as the weeks go by that he can add some Mm -hmm. add some things that they feel Mm -hmm. that can take advantage of matchups, take advantage of Baker's strength of an arm to be able. I, I always want I'm a guy that loves to take a couple, two or three shots a game, if not four or five, Brad, you know. Uh, yeah, deep, absolutely. Let's get vertical, right? That's and they're, why my offense buys an OC. Yeah. It'd be we're going vertical, and we're going to keep working at it till we can. Again, four or five times a game. I believe you got to take those kind of shots, or you're going to be facing seven and eight in the box all the time, and then that just uh, multiplies your difficulty in trying to throw intermediate routes, right? So. Um, yeah, I, I hope I, I, I don't. I really don't think if we had, you know, Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt under truth serum, I'm not 100% sure that they would be telling you that they feel that that would that would be something that would be a positive for them right now. So it's got to be Baker. Baker's got to be the one to show them that, hey, listen, you know, we got the weapons. I want to be able to to turn loose, you know, Odell and Jarvis. And, and yeah. I, I would like to see more of that, you know, that 20, 25-yard deep seam route to, to uh, Hooper, too. I mean, because yeah. that's the kind of tight end he is. He can run those routes. You don't just have to, you know, um, negate him to ten, twelve, thirteen yard routes. Whether that's, uh, you know, a comeback or uh, an out. I mean, the Hooper can run those routes, you know, on the number on the hash marks inside them that can that can get you twenty five, thirty yards. So I guess all oh, it's a it's an entire um, you know it's an entire evolvement, as I said, but. Uh, I I wonder if Stefanski and Van Pelt feel like that he's there yet and they can turn that loose with him.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think they can I, I, because I would love to see those shots down the field more often as well. You have the weapons to do it. If it's one-on-one out there sometimes, I just want to see him just put it up. Let the receiver mm-hmm. go make a play, and they never seem to really – He doesn't really seem to take those chances. makes me think maybe he's being coached not to at this point. I don't know. Um, But, like, unless he's, like, wide open or he feels like he has a step or whatever. But he's not throwing any, like, up-for-grabs balls, really, like you would see down the field with an Odell Beckham. And you'd think that you would like to maybe exploit those mismatches more. Um, He's not being used to his full potential because Baker's not playing to his full potential, I feel like. Uh, So there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack there with Baker and Stefanski. Um, as far as it, as the team as a whole, and you're listening to all eyes on Cleveland special guest, Michael Regai, uh, legendary Cleveland sports talk host play by play, uh, legend, uh, here in Cleveland, Baltimore, uh, and now calling, uh, games, uh, for ESPN college football and college basketball. Um, If you, on the surface, it looks like the Browns are not even close with Baltimore and Pittsburgh after this week, right? I don't necessarily believe that to be the truth. Do you believe that to be the truth, or did they just kind of walk into a buzzsaw here both times? Because if you look at the situation surrounding the games, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, Brad, those two games, especially the Baltimore game, got away from them. Now, on Sunday – I don't think they gave themselves much of a chance to win. I mean, you're down 17-zip virtually in the first quarter, correct? And uh, and with a team like Pittsburgh, then we know they're really going to uh, tighten those clamps on you and really make it difficult for you to, to offensively do what you want to do. I love the fact, you know, when Nick Chubb's healthy, and I really love the way that, you know, this offensive line has run blocked up until mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh game on Sunday, when the uh, the run kind of never really materialized at all. But mm-hmm. yeah, listen, you don't have Nick Chubb, and then that, that takes something away. However, again, the good teams aren't going to let that just destroy them when one of their their top guys go out. And you know, I feel I feel Nick Chubb's one of the the top three running backs in the National Football League. I mean, I want him a team. Uh, if I'm any game, I'm going to go play. But, you know, he got hurt. You don't have him right now. Kareem Hunt is certainly more than capable. Uh, he, he's a to me, he's a he's a number one himself. So I just don't think they're going to have to, though, Brad, continue to find ways to successfully run the football. I, I think we all yes. can agree on that. And again, that's what Kevin Stefanski has done in Minnesota the last two years, you know, with Dalvin Cook and their run game. And to me, if you ask me, well, why did Kirk Cousins? You know, Kirk Cousins is a a solid quarterback. I, I I've never considered him one that was, uh, you know, anywhere near the elite stage uh, yet. The last couple of years was Stefanski. I mean, uh, Cousins, you make a case has had two of his best years in the NFL. No doubt. And so it can be done. Now, you have mm-hmm. to have a real strong run game, but as we said, to go back to Baker, you have to have a quarterback that is a strong decision-maker and is accurate. And and those are two areas that Baker has got to pick it up on.
1: You know, one thing that uh, I took away from this Pittsburgh game, and so uh, if you watch the Pittsburgh game, or Pittsburgh play the Eagles the week before, they got diced up by Wentz on third downs, and a lot of what they were doing, Michael, is they just they were blitzing like they're they're just sending like they I think they blitz like fifty percent of uh, dropbacks, like the most in the league going into the Browns game, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like wait a minute, you got Bud Dupree, you've got Hayward, you've got Watt these guys can get home without a blitz. And I, it's almost right. like they realize that. And against the Browns, they stopped doing that so much. Like on third down, four guys was enough to get home, and they were dropping seven, and that's ideal. And and they play that 3-4 where they can disguise a lot more. And I think Baker has looked like he's had a lot more success against teams that run that 4-3. It gives them a little bit better look at things. Mm-hmm. Um and that three four just kind of messes with them a little because they can drop guys and send guys in, and it, it's a it's a little more free flowing and easier to disguise. Uh, I, I just feel like they almost walked into a bus all like Pittsburgh was like, man, you know, we gave up ten straight third down conversions in that Eagles game, which is a glaring number, right? Like sure. we got to do something different, and they spent all week like changing things up. And they're like, okay, this is our defense now. This is what we're going to run. And they came out and executed it, like, flawlessly. Like, they came out with, like, a different kind of attitude than even you normally would see on a, on a week-to-week basis from Pittsburgh, which is physical. But they were ultra-physical. Every tackle was bruising. Every play was jumped on. Like, they just came out. Like, I, I almost feel like the Browns, like, walked into just a, just a meat grinder. Like, they had no chance from the start. You throw that pick six. And then it gets away from you, right? Like I feel like they can play with those teams if you get off to a better start. Like I, you know, I want to throw week one out, no preseason, new coach, new everything. I'm okay with throwing that away. Mm-hmm. Now, you, now people want to bring this in and say, hey, you know, it's both of them. You got to look at both of them. Well yes and no, let's see how they do the next time they play them, right? Uh, yeah, I, feel well, like the, I feel like feel like reality is now. somewhere in the middle, somewhere.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that a million percent, Brad. Uh, you know, if these next two, uh, you know, here in downtown Cleveland uh, are anywhere near the same way at home against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. if you basically are just drubbed and can't, run an offense which they really didn't against either one of these teams uh then yeah then you got to start really taking some hard looks at things and now it goes down to philosophically too uh because i well, i say philosophically in system brett i didn't see a lot of receivers open the other day. No. No. I even went back and looked at the Baltimore game, same thing. I know it was a season opener, but everybody's playing, you know. Everybody's playing the same this year, right? They have no preseason. Yep. So, but be that as it may, I you know, I, I the receivers too. Yes, you said it. You know, you 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 got to like uh, going into a football game and feeling that you can be successful with uh with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. I mean, yes, uh, I'll take those two guys on my football team and let's go play. Yeah. But by the same token, I think we're seeing as well. Look at those four games we mentioned uh, the win over Cincinnati uh, and Washington, wins over Cincinnati and Washington at home at Dallas, and then the win over the Indy Colts. They played, they got the lead, didn't they? The Browns yep. got the lead and played from ahead in every one of those football games. And in a couple of them, correct me if I'm wrong, it was 10 points plus with a lead. Yep. And so more than one possession. So what we're seeing here is it would appear that, you know, they get the lead or they got out, get out to a good start. And then they look to, they can expand on that. And they mm-hmm. feel like, again, now we can run the football, right, mm-hmm. and go into our wide zone run game. And, we'll, you know, if we can get it blocked, if you got Chubb and Hunt, hey, mm-hmm. now we can control the dynamic of the game. Now, yep. playing from behind, though, brand, I mean, that seems like we're talking about a complete 180 in the opposite direction here. Yeah. and and and, that, and that's something we're gonna have to really take a close look at as the season goes on because you know what that means and we've this is how we started your show today but that means because when you can't you know if you have a little adversity early on right and yeah. you get down you know whether it's seven nothing or maybe it's uh 14 to three whatever it is 10 no, that's now everybody's looking at the quarterback right okay yeah. quarterback you know what it's time for you to get us uh, get us rolling here and get us out of the abyss that we've fallen a- in. So absolutely, we're going to have to keep a close eye on that. I believe. No, um, I, I. You know, Baker's believe... played his best when they've gotten off to a good start, got off to a lead. Maybe the defense has helped a little bit and uh, created some three and outs. Got the balls of Brown, Browns a ball back, and now they get a, they got that lead and they expand on it. All right, fine. That's great. Yeah, well, everybody would love that for 16 weeks of the year. But we know that's not reality, especially when you're playing Baltimore and Pittsburgh four times. So we got to watch closely now how Baker, when games don't start well and the first couple of possessions don't go well, what's he going to do to inject life into that offense to be able for them to get back in the game and at some point take control of it again? Yeah. I
1: agree completely, and and I've, it's something I actually talked about on the show before. Is that not only Baker, and and that becomes a question mark more on Baker if they fall behind, right? Obviously, it's on the quarterback at that point, but it's also like Stefanski's offense with the the heavy run, the patience he uses in the run game, and the play action and the boots and everything lends itself to success when the game is even or you're ahead. But when you're behind, obviously those those plays don't aren't as effective, right? Because they're you so much more predictable as far as the pass game goes. You, you know the play action isn't gonna be as effective and things like that. So uh, I just uh, that is a problem in itself maybe potentially right um, have we really seen it play out fully I don't know uh, is have they been in a game where they're down 14 against a team that they that they really can come back against and and Baker's healthy and and you know I don't think we've seen that scenario fully yet um, but uh, you know I, Sunday is tough to is tough to decipher what you know, what was what because I don't think he was 100% and, uh, you know, you're, you're missing players and, and not excuses, but uh, I just don't think the Browns really had the best game plan going in uh, of Stefanski's career so far. Now, I want to preface this next question with that the idea, uh, Michael, that I think that he's doing a fantastic job. Kevin Stefanski mm-hmm. has. I think he's doing an outstanding job. Uh, I He wasn't my pick, but I've loved uh, everything about him so far as the Browns coach. He blamed himself heavily uh, after the game. Now, some of that is coach speak, and some of it, I mean, he went pretty far with it, though, uh, that it was all on him. Are you okay with him doing that, and, or is there any of that you believe, or is that just him doing that for the
0: benefit of his team? Uh, yes, and as a first-year head coach, it's probably at his age, to yeah. be honest, Brad, first-year head coach, and like we said, we know, yeah, he's, uh, he's got his chops in, in, in Minnesota as an offensive coordinator and, and did a very, very good job, but you know how it is. And this today's today's professional football player in the NFL, uh, you know, they're going to look with a little bit of a wary eye at at first. Or if nothing else, Brad, I think the vast majority of them are all right, young man, you're getting your first opportunity as a head coach. Prove it to us. Show us. So, uh, you know, for that reasoning, first and foremost, for me, Brad, I believe that, um, you know, it's probably the right way to go. Now, Kevin Stefanski uh, may leave that microphone and walk back into his office and say, these guys were awful today, meaning his yeah. football team, right? yeah. to himself, to him and right. his coaches. And, and that may have some validity to it. But for where he is just beginning his head coaching career, I do think that's the best tack to take that he did uh, on Sunday. So maybe what he's saying is as he looks at it or really tries to now um, focus in on what – although to me, that I, I don't see how much of a – of a this offense isn't one that uh, defensively we can discuss that too, but this offense isn't one that I think is going to have a lot of large change from week to week. We know what this offense is about. You know we've both mentioned it. Um, I think he'd love to. I, I think he'd to me. Let's say they got sixty-five snaps in a football game. Right, yeah, Brett. I'll tell you the truth. I think he'd love to run it near between 35 and 40 times and pass it a maximum of about 25 times.
1: Oh, I think now, that's ideal for him. The yeah. biggest
0: problem, though, know, there is now you're going to run into and you hope it doesn't happen. And, you know, I love Jarvis Landry, so I'm not going to include. But, you know, now again, if Odell Beckham though isn't getting targeted eight to ten times a game, you know how long do you think Odell is going to uh, uh, keep quiet about that? Right? Depends uh, on if
1: you're winning so, or losing, I think.
0: <laughs> well, I, yeah, you see, that's the thing. I hope I want to believe that Odell is is a smart enough young man that look, you know, if we're winning, if I only get targeted six times and catch the ball three times and and Mayfield misses me a couple of times you know you know you got to you got to sit on that and keep that quiet if the team's winning and i yes. believe OBJ has done um, you know a a now i guess what I, I i don't even know what the bottom line was that on the sideline on on sunday but obviously he got frustrated you know took his helmet off what i, I somebody said he had his cleats off too is that did he have his cleats off with yeah, about 5 minutes left in the game
1: Yeah, he had his cleats off. Much to do about nothing, in my opinion. I was actually, so I feel he said he had an injury with his foot or his toe. Okay. uh, So he took his shoes off. Whatever. He was jawing with Pittsburgh fans. He was upset. and, And like, okay, I get it. Like, But I want him to be upset when they get beat like that. Like, it's okay. I mean, don't be a prima donna or anything, but it's all right. Like, he tried to rally the team earlier. Like, I felt like he was yelling at him emotionally. Like, I feel like he's emotionally invested in this team. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like...
0: So, listen, I'm fine with Odell. I think he's an outstanding fan. Him and Jarvis, I think, are... Uh, you know, I, 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 I really believe they get it. Now, look, I mean, the received, wide receiver position in the NFL, Brad, oh. so you're a young guy. But, man, let me tell you, it's a whole lot different than it was back in the 80s, yeah. 70s, 80s, even 90s. Yeah, the, the, You know, these guys these guys want the football. They want the football all the time. And they're pretty much going to let you know about it if they think something smells and is rotten, right? That's yep. ju- that's just the nature of the position today. It really yep. is. So, I'm with you. I'm with you. Look, I want guys that I know are going to go out there, and yeah, I want them to be mad. I want them to be upset when they're not winning football games and they're not playing well. I get that. I want a whole team of guys like that. As long as you know, you know, understand, you could keep everything, and, and that doesn't affect your play. Yes. But, uh, no, I'm with you there. And, and uh, that's why I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad that uh, and I, I, they seem to have uh, Beckham and Landry seem to have the type of relationship with Mayfield that they can talk to him, and that, you know, they'll they'll have earnest conversations about things. And, hey, you know, uh, this I'm gonna, I'm going to beat this guy and I'm going to get open on this guy and you got to get me the football. I mean yeah. you know and and when you really look at it, does it not that's what it comes down to it The does. game is a game of uh, trying to find mismatches in the in the past game, trying to find mismatches and then take advantage of them positively. I mean that, that that's what passing games in the NFL are, and uh yeah it, it it takes a quarterback that's going to get a football on receivers. and like I said though, I want to see though from the receiving room, you know how about a little bit more separation at times too. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, you every throw can't be put into a into a, you know, a, a shut shutting tight window where there's two defenders near it. Now, you mm-hmm. can't ask that of a quarterback to do 15, 20 times a game. So, you know, to me, it's a double edged sword now. I, I, I and look and I always go back and look at everything two times, if not three I don't think the Browns receivers' separation was now. If you want to credit Pittsburgh and say those Pittsburgh corners, safeties and linebackers, just did a hell of a job, okay, fine. But the bottom line is then you got to find a way to separate better, too. So it's it's part of the receiving corps' obligation and responsibility to try to get that done as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're weapons, right? And you want to see them used... To help you win the game. So when they don't (laughs) go used at all, it's disappointing. I I feel disappointed. I feel like there's an issue there when they're not at least getting a couple catches, uh, influential plays a game. At the very least, they should be used that much in the game. Um, So – I know that this offense is not going to lend itself to career numbers for either guy, but they want to feel like they're part of winning the game as do every, as does everybody. Right. Uh, And that's tough for Odell at times because he's a decoy a lot of times. So I I get it. Uh, It's it. I get the frustration and, and I feel like for the most part, he's reined it in. Um, You know, I'm going to play his press availability here later on the show. Today, some of it, uh, but he had some interesting things to say today about them winning. And I feel like he's drinking the Stefanski Kool-Aid a little bit, which is good. Um, when you hear guys saying the same things as your head coach, I feel like things are, you know, things are starting to maybe turn culture-wise a little bit. Uh, I, you know, I did a show a couple weeks ago where I did signs that things are are getting better uh, you know, off the field in Berea, and, and one of them was, you know, guys are are saying the same things that the coaching staff is saying in pressers, you know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. And, and I that I mean. feel like is, you know, everybody is moving in one direction. I made a couple notes here, Michael, of things that, after Stefanski said that, that I thought, Okay, is he being you know? Is this all coach speak or is he did he really put together what he thought wasn't the best game plan? So they did a few things that I question, right? So uh, they they play this Steelers defense, right? Who I think that you would agree that if the Steelers could, they would sit in their base defense all day long if they could, right?
0: They, and just uh, yes, yes, that's their preference. Yes,
1: so when we come out and try to run the ball in 12 and 21 personnel you're playing to their strength because they can sit in base defense and play you that way yeah you, you got to yeah, spread well, them out you got to spread them out a little bit i feel like you got to make them take one of those linebackers off the field maybe right yeah um yeah. the other thing that i thought that they went away from is A lot of the pre-snap motion that we've seen from Stefanski that is – they percentage-wise have been very high-end in the NFL going into the Steelers week. It wasn't there on Sunday. You've got to move that defense around. You've got to like stress their principles, stress their rules, make them move around so you can see – what's going on a little bit if you let them disguise things how they want to disguise things and don't stress their positioning and things like that it's gonna you're gonna get eaten alive by that defense and and i didn't see that pre-snap stuff uh, you know that just helps mayfield helps the coaching staff i feel like they got away from that and i feel like they played too heavy like even when they were in the past game sometimes michael you had wide receivers lined up in close to the line of scrimmage. I mean you're just putting you're helping them. You're putting defenders all in one area where they can make anything they want look like something else. It's really confusing if you're going to line up Landry just off the tight end's rear end, right? And and the same mm-hmm. thing on the other side or in bunch formations close to the line of scrimmage because you got a bunch of guys there right at the line of scrimmage. That's just asking for trouble against the yep. Steelers.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a terrific point you make, Brad, and I uh, I'm with you. I uh, you know you get you get Pittsburgh you know in tight, and that's where they're going to thrive. And, and yeah. you know I agree, you have to find ways to start playing all, more all 53 yards, as I like to say, right? Exactly. That means From sideline to sideline, across the football field, um, and, and the Browns didn't do that. Why that wasn't a part of, um, you know, what they wanted to do game plan-wise, philosophy-wise against Pittsburgh, I don't know. I guess we'd have to, you know, that question would have to go to both Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt as to, you know, why it seemed like, because, again, you know, you keep uh, Pittsburgh, you said it all. I don't really have to add anything to what you said. You're right on point with it. you let them play in tight and you want to keep the game inside the hash marks or even inside the numbers against them, oh, man, boy, you better have some ultra-special electrifying day in your execution to be able to, uh, for four quarters and having the football 9, 10, 11 times, man, you better be on top of your offensive execution if you think you're going to beat them that way Uh, because normally – that that's playing right into what they do best.
1: You said it perfectly. That's that's what they do best, and they were. And I feel like they were ultra ready, coming off of kind of an embarrassing performance, even though they won against uh, defensively. Right. They were fired up to uh, fix those things, and they certainly did. Um, so far, as a whole, though, Michael, are you are have you been satisfied with what you've seen from Kevin Stefanski?
0: Absolutely, please. Yeah. Yes, uh, I think he's got a real strong future. I hope it's with this organization, and the combination of him and Andrew Berry. I just want that. We're talking about when we talk Pittsburgh, and we talk Baltimore, and we talk about Seattle, and even Green Bay to a lesser extent. Of course, New England. I, all these years continuity brad you gotta have continuity and everybody in lockstep with your in that general manager's office to the head coach and through his coaching staff it this is the way we're going to play this is the type of roster we're going to have and we're going to go be successful and that's what the good ones do and and i just hope that we can you know let's see, Uh, Stefanski and Barry, I hope in in, in three years from now, optimally, but even if it's four years from now, five years from now to say, yep, the Cleveland Browns, this organization has got it right. They're in lockstep with each other about what they want the roster to look like and how we're going to coach it and what type of systems we run. And, uh, you know, even if it's to start out here in these next three years, Even if it's just, you know, making the playoffs and win a playoff game. And, you know, I'm willing for that. Uh, You know, I I know everybody, you know, wants to win a Super Bowl championship. I get it. Everybody does. But if they could start making those type of strides with continuity and how you want to approach it and how you're going to set down, this is what we do. How about that? When you say Cleveland Browns, like we say these other teams, we know what they do, right? And so this is what the Cleveland Browns are now. I just hope we get to that point that and I I really believe that the fan base is going to feel good about having a winning football team that could find some success. And I'm not talking about winning the Super Bowl in the next three years, but I want to see continuity and I want to see playoff games.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's
0: how you start making your strides as an organization. And I am. I feel real good about Stefanski. And, um, you know, I probably was a little bit uh, harsh on Andrew Barry the first time he was here, because <laughs> though we you and I talked about it a lot in your yep. show, yeah, I mean, he was tied in with Sashi Brown. And yep. So, hey, you know, OK, well, you, I understand you weren't the guy. But that's why I went on Twitter right away when on that first day of free agency when he got Jack Coughlin and and Hooper and mm-hmm. then drafted Jedrick Wills. Yeah, Andrew, big applause for, for you, man, because i mean, yeah. you know now you're starting to do it the right way and and go get players that fit how you want to play football. You got to start somewhere, Brad, and I do feel that they have. So, so far for me with Andrew Berry and Kevin Stefanski, I'm very, very pleased uh, with what they've done. And again, as we started this, I'm so hoping that, um, you know, Baker Mayfield proves everybody wrong and proves he could be a winning playoff type quarterback for this organization. I would hate for that what Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski have to do next is to say, we got to go find a go find
1: a quarterback, go find a quarterback. But, Absolutely.
0: you know, that's, yeah. uh, we're going to see where Baker takes that and and what he could bring to this organization so that they can believe in him that that could be the case, that they want him to be their guy.
1: Great stuff, Michael. Um, All right, so this is – you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. Our very special guest tonight, the one and only Michael Ray guy. Um, Just a final question here for you, Michael, and I'll let you go here. Um, But uh, Bengals this week, right? So chance to bounce back. Uh, Does this uh, seem like a little bit of a trap game to you? It kind of does to me because you got Las Vegas on the other side, which is almost a playoff-like atmosphere type game two teams vying for AFC playoff position um you got the Bengals here who I think are actually playing pretty well um and uh you got to go to Cincinnati and play them they I mean they took Indy to the wire right uh jumped up 21 nothing on them uh Burroughs playing well um throwing the ball down the field this is a, a different Bengals team than they faced the first time I think
0: yeah, I, I do, and and you can tell Joe Burrow is getting uh, certainly more confident. He's getting a better feel about throws that he no longer can make, even playing yeah. at the championship level in the SEC. Did at LSU? This is the NFL, and there's still there's still some throws you can't make now that he did even against some of the best of the best, like Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, you know, uh, Florida, the SEC top programs, but. I, I think the kid, I I think he's going to be a big-time elite quarterback, Brad. I really do. And, and if that happens, and now you've got another one that the Browns are going to have to deal with <laughs> in the AFC North. So, uh, a year. But yep. be, yeah, be that as it may, you're right. They're, they're playing. And, you know, with the Browns beat 35-30, and the Browns, uh, you know, had to find ways even – uh, because defensively, we know where the issues are with the Browns. I, yeah. You know, you just hope that Joe Burrow and friends don't take great advantage of that on Sunday and start slicing it up. But I tell you what, I, I don't want to say must win. You talked about the Vegas Raiders on the, on the other side of that for the Browns. But, uh, you know, is it a must win in a game seven of a 60-game season? No, but I tell you what. I I don't want to have to deal with next week after a loss especially if the performance isn't real good, you know, right. from the right. Browns in a loss. So, um I, they they got to f- be able to understand that, you know, we got to go down there and play the way that we have to against this football team and they're going to hopefully they can run the football some. Now, they they should be able to and if they're able to do that, Brad, offensively, it seems like when they when they have, even though it's early and, you know, Kevin Stefanski and Matt Pelt's wide zone run game, when they've run the ball effectively, you know, that is usually, usually been the bearer of a big game for the Browns offense. So let's hope, if that's the case on Sunday, I, I think the Browns will come back from Cincinnati five and two.
1: Yeah. And, and Mayfield's best games of his career have all come against Cincinnati, really. So, uh, he seems to thrive when he sees that, that, uh, bangle helmet there. So let's hope that, you know, bounce back for him. Bounce back for the offense. Uh, I'm hoping. I just fear that it's going to be another tight one because uh, it's you know, in division and Cincinnati's playing better than they were before, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, taking Indy to the wire like that is—it's just uh, every every Sunday is going to be tough. I guess I look at it like um, you got Vegas and you've got the Bengals. Just just win one of them. I, I don't care which one. But let, let's get one of them before the bye week and go in at five and three, and I think that would be a pretty successful first half. Would you agree with that?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, with you. <laughs> if uh, six weeks ago we said, hey, the Browns are going to be five and three going into the bye week, we, <laughs> we would have had a party. Right, um, exactly. You know, so, yep. yes, yes. Now, of course, you you want to be able to say, well, let's go win both of them and be six and two. Yeah. Uh, but the, you can't – The thing they can't let what happened at Heinz Field on Sunday uh, turn into another poor performance against Cincinnati. That's the biggest thing I'm looking at, um, Brad, because, you know, I'll just stay with a positive that'll show us that the things we just talked about are starting to now they're, they're starting to understand what it takes to be a winning football organization. Mm-hmm. Cause how many years have we seen the Browns? They have a poor game and then it just continues to snowball and they play two more that are absolutely terrible. And, you know, it just starts all the things that we've had to endure here with the Cleveland Browns. There's been too much of that. Mm-hmm. Don't play well against the bengals and hey I'll, i take give yourself a shot in the fourth quarter to win a football game anytime a team's on the road in the nfl that's what i'm looking for you know yep. uh, if you're not one of the elite organizations i mean you know give yourself play competitively give yourself a shot to play well and that's why i you know i got to raise my hand i was so damn wrong about sunday because, you know, anybody that asked me, I was telling them, hey, I'm not going to tell you they're going to beat Pittsburgh. But I do believe they're going to play well and give themselves a chance to win the fourth quarter. Right. And it was anything but that. It was exactly the opposite. So, uh, again, play well, go down to Cincinnati and understand that um, you execute. And again, you believe in believe in the system and, and believe in how that can win for you. And and then, uh, you know, you do that and I think they'll be in good shape these next two weeks against Cincinnati and, and the Vegas Raiders.
1: Yeah, uh, they were able to bounce back after week one uh, against Cincinnati and I thought that was a, a big, obviously a big win and a big moment for them as a team and Stefanski as a coach. Uh, so I, I think that... They can, you know, point to that and as as a scenario of of their ability to bounce back. So, um, and they've shown resilience at times. So, I I think they'll be okay this week. Uh, I just want them to come out with a win uh, in one of these two, but especially probably this one because it's the one you should win more than Mm -hmm. likely. Uh, Michael, you've been fantastic. As always, I always have a blast talking with you and I know everybody, every single one of my listeners loves it when you're on. And uh, I wish I could have you on every single week, but you're the best. And, uh, uh, thank you so much for your time.
0: Brad, I appreciate it. And, and uh, as I've said to you too, I, I always enjoy coming on with you. You're, you're a real strong football man. And, uh, you know what, uh, you know what it takes for the Browns to, uh, to get themselves righted. So uh, again, it's always fun. And anytime you want me, you know how to get a hold of me.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Michael Ray Guy, Cleveland Sports Talk legend, play-by-play uh, college football and college basketball for ESPN. Thanks, Michael.
0: You got it, Brad.
1: There it was the fantastic Michael Ray guy uh, For about an hour there Breaking down uh, Cleveland Browns football It doesn't get much better than that He is uh, astute, insightful, knowledgeable Knows what it's taking He's seen it all man And, and uh, it's a joy to have him on the show Every single time for sure Baker, as I mentioned in the interview, is absolutely getting crushed by the national media today, uh, all the national pundits, OBJ getting talked about, uh, narrative changing there, we're going to talk about that. I do want to talk about one of our local reporters here, uh, kind of, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to just avoid it anymore, but Mary Kay Cabot has... Released a, a basically a, a Baker Mayfield takedown piece today. Um, I don't have anything against Mary Kay, but there's just uh, some things that have been bothering me, and and I want to bring those up here. Go ahead and kill that, Mike. Uh, first things first, though, so let's get to, uh, I just want to go through some notes from the game as I watched it back on the All-22, and, um, just some, some notes here. Um, first of all, Baker was hurt, right? We know that. He, he was hurt from play one and didn't look right, um. His ball placement issues returned. I brought up the example of the one to Odell Beckham Jr. He throws on the sideline where he gets pushed out of bounds. The ball's high. Um, he never looked comfortable in the pocket. It seems as though that the Browns are at their best uh, when Stefanski is managing him. Should he have to manage the quarterback? I guess is the ultimate question. You just can't turn him loose because his decision making. Uh, is troublesome, to say the least. Jack Conklin played a terrible football game, got smoked by Watt consistently off the line of scrimmage, uh, and the Steelers, who, as I brought up before, um, basically took what... They weren't doing well, um, giving up 10 consecutive uh, first downs, I believe it was, uh, to the Eagles, um, and basically um, let them go right down the field time after time with the first downs, and then they turned around and – they fixed that, and the way they fixed that is they said, "Hey, you know what? We're not gonna, we're not gonna do that. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and um, make sure that we don't blitz in those scenarios." And they let their four, um, their four guys get home, A- and basically that was what all they needed to do. And with those changes that they made, they were able to basically dominate. Um they were able to dominate in the uh third downs and throughout the game and it, it just was an absolute it was an absolute struggle uh for the Browns. Um so, you know. This, that, the other, they came in there. you can you can credit whatever you want with this, but they they came in ready to uh, st- to stop uh, the Browns and be ultra physical, and that's exactly what they did. They didn't blitz as much as have here in the notes as they have all season. Um, when they did blitz, they blitzed uh, based on what the running back did. So like if the running back stayed in the backfield, they would go ahead and release another blitzer, like a fifth guy coming in. Um, I mentioned this to Michael, but they run this three-four, and it seems to me, if you look at the teams that Bakers had success against, a lot of four-three teams tr- struggling more against three-four teams because they can disguise things better, and you have uh, not sure where all the pressure is coming from all the time, and it it's more to decipher. And, of course, you get that when you get the Steelers and the Ravens. So, um, interestingly enough there, uh, more disguises. Um, They were able to confuse him, bring four, get home with four, and drop seven into coverage. Uh, They were, like I said, super physical through the offensive line around. It was a a bit alarming um but yeah they blitzed according to what the, the the running back did if the running back went out for a route they would fall him out for the route and just blitz their four. um and this is what they i guess deciphered was the problem and it worked and it, and it shut down the browns completely uh after being torched by wentz the week before uh so they came in fired up ready to make a statement as a lot of people were poking holes in their defense a little bit coming into the week Browns kind of ran into a, uh, a meat grinder there. The, the uh, Browns did some things I didn't like. I mentioned this during the interview, but just real quickly, if you notice when they tried to run the ball, they tried to do it a lot of 12, 21 personnel. And when you're doing that, what you're doing is allowing the Steelers to stay in their base defense and keep their best players on the field. Um, Dupree, Watt. You know, Hayward, all these guys can stay on the field. They can sit in their base defense. That's what they wanna do. They keep their big physical outside linebackers on the field. And I think the Browns should have maybe taken an approach of more of let's spread them out, right? You even saw it in the past game where you saw guys uh, in, in an example up on Twitter, but even that first pick, but you they were lining up some like bunches, maybe like real close to the line of scrimmage or a guy right off the tight end and it may just be out of play design, but that what you get more is just more guys close to the line of scrimmage. And the more guys you put close to the line of scrimmage, the harder time with pre snap stuff your quarterback's gonna have. Especially against that Steelers defense. All the pre-snap motion, jet sweep fakes, this that it was a lot of it was gone. And you have to stress their concepts, their defensive concepts, and what they're what they're going to do. You have to make them move around. If you let them go wherever they want and show blitz here and you know drop somebody here, and that's what they They, were, they could do that all day, and that's what they did. And, and We didn't spread them out at all. You didn't make a move around at all. All of that is going to help your quarterback and help your offense ultimately, because you're making you're you're dictating something towards them, and and they were able to dictate everything to the Browns. You know, less less, you know, motion, less movement. where you help your quarterback out with some of that pre-snap, and a lot of that was missing. Obviously not the difference in the game, but just some things I noticed. You really want to stress the defense, and there was none of that going on. Uh, They didn't spread them out and run the ball at all, which I thought maybe would have been more effective at times. The wide zone wasn't working. They were having some success Staying inside with the inside run game with the traps and pulls and and I think they should have gone stayed with that as you saw um, they were getting some push there at times at least early in the game where Hunt had like a ten yard game and a nine yard gain and then they would go try to go wide again and that was getting shut down uh, especially when they were able to keep that that base defense on the field uh, by those linebackers um you just made it easier on them to do what they wanted to do uh instead of spreading the wide receivers out um putting guys in situations where they can succeed more you know on the outside and 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 take advantage of matchups when they were there none of that really happened this game got out of hand quickly uh and As far as Baker goes, and and, and I'm going to leave it at this because you can really, we talked a lot about it in the interview, he's getting killed right now. And the the narrative is he can't read defenses, he's reading the wrong side of the field, he's doing this, he's doing that. Okay, I get it. It was a high school interception he threw. It was bad, and I talked about it in the interview and, and on Twitter. He never looked back there to see that they were in a single high safety look he just was just gonna throw it there no matter what and I don't know why that happened but Baker can be better than that Baker can be accurate we've seen it happen Baker is a leader on this football team regardless of how poorly he played in that game or not so let's not forget those things let's not forget that To this point in his career, other quarterbacks, i.e. Breeze, Manning, had worse numbers. Let's not forget those things. This is, as Michael Rigg, I said, it's an evolution. It's a process of Baker Mayfield. Can he be what the Browns need him to be? I believe that he can. I have serious concerns at certain parts of his game right now because he's not playing up to his potential. And why? Uh, He's not trusting his eyes. He's panicking at times. But can he get through that? Can he get through this period? I fully believe that he can. I don't think that the Browns organization – uh is ready to give up on him like everybody else in the world is right now okay i think that they are going to stick with him and i think that they're going to pick up his fifth year option and i think that they're going to see what he can do um but the next 10 games are very important for him certainly but uh Let's be real, I think he's your starter going into next season um, under Kevin Stefanski. So, um And that, that to me is refreshing because then you have a quarterback and a head coach and an offensive coordinator and a scheme and everything going into a second year together. Let's just see what that looks like. Let's have continuity for once. If they have to flip the quarterback after just flipping coaches and coach and coach and coach and then now quarterback, you're doing the same thing again. You're making the same mistake again. Okay? Let's see what he can do. We've seen it. I've seen it. I believe that I have seen him play football at a high, high level. In the NFL. What do we have to do to get him back there? I don't know. I'm not there every day. Certainly he's struggling with his reads. He's struggling to get through things that at this point in his career you would like to think that he's further along. I'm there with you. I see those. I, I see those things. I see have those same concerns. He's not able to find the answer on the field. And it's out there. And he's not able to find it often. But I'm not going to give up on him yet. Let's see what they can do together this season. They are 4-2 with two winnable games before the bye. Let's see what he does this weekend. Let's see if he can bounce back. Let's see if he can get his ball placement under control. Let's see if he looks accurate. Let's see if he can read the defense better. See if he can get off one side of the field to the other. Find the answers. This is a progression. This is an evolution. Teams are throwing different things at him. Let's see what he can do. Dante Wittner. Ready to write him off. D. Hittner. Just just killing him. Just killing him. Everybody at ESPN. All day long. Just killing him. He's done. He's terrible. He's mediocre. He's below average. He's terrible. This, that, the other. Okay, I know what the numbers say. I've probably watched him more than you have. I'm I'm willing to wait and see. Ridiculous. Um, Stephen A. Smith comes out, says... Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry should demand a trade. They're being wasted in Cleveland. Throws in little insults on Cleveland here or there. People doing this all over, up and down ESPN today, Fox Sports. Infuriating stuff. Infuriating stuff. I get it. OBJ was pissed frustrated on the sidelines, I get it. He wants to be a part of the solution. They can't get him the ball when Baker's that bad. I get it. I see it. One game, though, okay? One game. They're still 4-2. and two. OBJ had a rough day today. I sent a tweet out. LSU, I don't know what the hell their problem is, banning him for two years from their facilities for giving out the money at the national championship game where he was somewhat intoxicated and, you know, they tried to say it was fake money or whatever, but who cares? There's no malice there. NCAA, man, uh, just pick your battles. Pick your battles, bro. LSU, it's going to hurt LSU's recruiting because... OBJ and Jarvis do a ton for their recruiting. You turned on your own guy like that. Ridiculous. But OBJ was very good in his press conference today. Talked about worrying about winning that week. Concentration on this week. Saying the same things Stefanski's saying, even if he was upset with him. Made it clear that he was pretty upset that he got taken out of the game. At that point, that he wanted to finish on on the field, um, I understand. And he makes the draws the comparison with Tom Brady, is that he shows that stuff, and people say it's it's passion, and they show him, and they call it emotion, and he's right. He's right. I agree. I don't care that he was upset. I don't care that he took his shoes off. Says he had a foot injury. Sure, whatever. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But oh man! Either way, I don't care. He should be upset when they lose like that. So, congratulations, Mary Kate Cabot. Kellen Cowherd called you a great reporter today. Wow! Wow! Congratulations. Good job. Because everybody Cleveland wants calling cowards compliments. Because that means you've really uh, switched sides, huh? So, she asked after the game to... Multiple times you after the game and the day game after too, Stefanski about Odell on the sideline. Stefanski answered it the same way. We're all upset, we're all this, da 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 nothing nothing to see here, right? Um Ask Baker said the same same type of thing, nothing basically nothing to see here, everybody's upset, passionate, da da da, da, da. She asked it like it was a huge problem to both of them. Then she asked Odell. And she says, I wanted to know uh, about da-da-da, what happened on the sideline. I know you have so much passion. What a two-faced, I mean, come on. She just wants to stir the pot. She releases the takedown piece on Baker, highlighting uh you know how uh all, all a lot of his success has come against Cincinnati. It gets highlighted on Cowherd's show. He's calling her a great reporter. Oh congratulations, Mary Kay. Cowherd thinks you're fantastic. He loves your takedown piece on Baker Mayfield. She just wants to stir the pot, and it's just outrageous. Then, then you get to David Njoku. She reports that David Njoku wants to trade again. David Njoku says, I never said that to her. I believe him. I believe David Njoku. Dante Whitner, Stephen A. Smith, Mary Kay Cabot. I'm naming names today. I'm naming names today and I'm writing them down. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, Odell's basic reaction to everybody's questions about his sideline antics were I don't he basically said I don't care. I don't care anymore. You can call it what you want to call it. I was upset. I wanted to be on the field. But I don't care if you what you call it. He goes, "I he basically said I love this shit. I love this sport so much. It means that much to me. But I'm not trying to cater to whatever you want to make me out to be anymore." Good for him. Good for him. Stop caring. Just do you. Do you, do you. He should be upset because he's not being used properly in games like this. He's really not. Savansky has done a hell of a job. Let me preface everything with that. He, does, he has. But when they fall behind, their offense goes kaput. Even or ahead, their offense is very effective. They fall behind, and it's on Baker Mayfield, and especially an injured, dinged-up Baker Mayfield. They're in trouble. Just keep that stuff in mind. I think Baker bounces back this week. I'm not coming down on him like that. The kid went out there. He's tough as nails. He got his ass beat left and right by the Steelers. He knows. He knows he's not where he needs to be yet. He knows that. Stefanski knows it. Everybody knows it. Everybody coming down on him. we'll see. I'm taking down names. Ridiculous. It's part of the evolution of a young quarterback. Okay? This team's 4-2. Everybody panicked. I wrote an article this week. Everybody panicking. Panic, panic, panic all over Cleveland. No reason to panic. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, are what they are and have gotten to where they are now through years of doing the same things, playing the same schemes, collecting players, having coaching in place for years. They evolve over different years and have gotten to where they are now, not in one season, but over a period of time. You can't expect the Browns to be at their level after one season, let alone six games of a regular season that had no preseason with a new head coach. It's just not realistic. Should they have been more competitive? Yes. Did they get their ass whooped? Yes. Is it a wake-up call? Yes. Are they that far away from those teams? No. Reality lies somewhere in between. Is Baker Mayfield that bad as he looked on Sunday? No. Is he as bad as everybody wants to make him out to be right now? No. Reality lies somewhere in between. The Browns are going through an evolution this year. But because of Kevin Safansky, because of some of the talent acquired here, they're able to be 4-2 and two at this point while going through that. That's impressive. I'm happy about that. I think you should be, too, as a Browns fan. This has been All Eyes on Cleveland. Mikey, thank you for doing a fantastic job. As always, we will be back. Guess what, folks? We will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're back with the Bengals edition and the very great, always fantastic, James Rapine of Sports Illustrated to break down everything Bengals and Joe Burrow. This one has been a good one. Hope you enjoyed Michael Ray. Gosh, he's the best. He just is the best. Bringing it strong, as he always does. This has been All Eyes on Cleveland. For Mikey on the ones and twos, I am Brad Ward. We are out.